0: Hello, I'm Rod Butler. Welcome to Let God Speak. Winston Churchill said, There's no doubt that it is around the family and the home that all the greatest virtues, the most dominating virtues of humans are created, strengthened and maintained. Well, he understood the strength and cohesion of a society is determined by the family structure. We develop our character values and learn our obligations from our families. And well, we are part of God's family too, and like in our earthly family, we have responsibilities and obligations. Today we are commencing a new series of studies that examines our obligations to God as members of the heavenly family. On our panel today, we have Stephen Groom and Rosemary Malkovich. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Before we start our discussion, let us bow for prayer. Gracious Father, we ask for the Holy Spirit to guide our thoughts and our words as we discuss what it means to be part of your family. Please bless those watching or listening to this program with wisdom and understanding. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, not that long ago, previous generations, most people thought of the family as being mum, dad, and the brothers and sisters. But more and more today, we're seeing that that structure is, is disappearing. And today we are seeing the definition of family in society becoming just a group of people who care for, care for each other uh, based on shared interest or common, uh, common values. And Rosemary, I'd like to put the first question to you. That's what society is moving to. But what does God say the family is?
1: Well, God says differently. God set up the first family unit perfectly in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve as the parents. And they would have children who would fill the earth. And part of the obligation of the parents was to teach the children to love and respect and obey God. Let's have a look at 1 John 3 1, which says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Now, here is God calling us to be His children, and He's still calling us today. We find out that God is our father, we're his children. But unfortunately, um, many people today don't want to be God's children and they are rebellious. But for those who do love God, those who do follow him, our church family, well, our family includes those within our church who are our brothers and sisters Mm. in Christ.
0: Yes, indeed. Well, let's talk about the, um, the family, the Bible family, as God set it up. Stephen, question for you, God created Adam and Eve.
2: What responsibilities and uh, obligations did he give them? Good question. I'll answer that in the first book of the Bible, um, the first chapter, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. If we could turn there, I'll read it. And God blessed them and God said to them, who is Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every every living thing that moves upon the earth. So here we see God gave Adam and Eve the the duty of having responsible care over creation on earth in God's absence is like a, a steward of the earth. That included tending the garden, naming his animals, and of course we believe that Adam had to teach Eve the things that God taught him. So they had the responsibility also of obedience to God their father in keeping the Sabbath and this was tested by the prohibition of not eating of one tree, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is one tree out of possibly many other trees mm. that were that they could eat of. Mm. Okay, well, let's uh,
0: let's keep talking about the family. Rosemary, what was the role of the father in the
1: family? Okay, so the father was the most important figure, really, because it was God set up a patriarchal society. That means the father was the chief. He was the head, uh, not the mother. And the father was the provider. He was the keeper of the family, he was the protector of the family. He had various other roles too. It included the fact that he had authority over what happened with the family and the possessions. He was the judge when there was a dispute and he was the one who decided what was going to happen to family members um, in consequence of that dispute. That He was most importantly the priest of the family and he was the one primarily to lead the family in worship of God. Um, And through him, um, the family and religion actually came together. He was the one to lead that together. Let's have a look at Genesis 18 and verse 19. And this is talking about Abraham, who was a friend of God. God said about him, For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. So here we see the role of Abraham, the the role that God gave um, husbands and fathers being fulfilled in Abraham, that it was not just his own children, it was his whole household, all his servants and everyone in contact with him, that he taught them to worship and obey God.
0: Mm. And we see that that role of the father today being watered down. Oh, yes. And it's causing problems Most fathers
1: are not priests of their homes. They yeah. don't even know God.
0: A lot of fathers aren't providers now either. It's, yes, it's changing. True. So, Stephen, question for you. We've just spoken about the, uh, the fathers. What was God's requirements for how the children are to uh, relate to their parents, to their fathers?
2: The best way to answer that is in the um, law of God, and that's given of the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue given to man through Moses. And it's in Exodus chapter 20. And let me break down those commandments. So the first four commandments was man's relationship to God, and the last six commandments was man's relationship to their fellow man. And the fifth commandment is the first of those commandments and it says to um, honour your father and your mother so that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God gives, gives you. So here we, here we, here we see that, um, that if the, the children are to obey or honour their parents, and there's a special, how would you say, promise in that if they do that, the promise is given that they will have a longer life. It's interesting too that if you have respect and honour
0: for your parents who represent authority in your life, it's more than likely you'll, you'll have respect and honour for other authority in your society. And, and life will go more smoothly for you. Yes. so you can sort of see there's a ripple effect beyond just that relationship so, so um,
2: you have, resp- have honour to <laughs> your elders as well correct yeah indeed and indeed. one
1: of the other points is too that you will more likely stand for what you've been taught yeah. regardless of persecution
0: Yeah. ok so we are his children God is our father Rosemary how do we approach our father in heaven
1: Okay, then there's a lot of people today who don't know how to do that at all. Um, If we go to the Lord's Prayer, as uh, shown to us or spoken to us, it's in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 14. And Jesus spoke this um, during the Sermon on the Mount. And he gives us an idea of how to approach God. And he says in verse 9, starting in verse 9, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you, um, is what Jesus said directly after. But in this, we see a certain way of approaching God It's remembering who God is. He's the sovereign of the universe. He's the creator of all things. He's the one who provides for us um, and not we for ourselves. And Isaiah thirty three twenty two says he's our judge, but he's also our saviour. So if we come to him, he will forgive us. He says here to forgive others as I forgive you. And this is how Jesus puts it. So we come to God for justice, for judgment, but also for for help. And if you read this, you see that he we do not come before him in a flippant way. We don't come treating him as an equal. We come remembering he is our Father in heaven who has control over earth as well as the whole heavenly universe. And that's a mighty God that we need to respect and have awe for.
0: It does. And some people they, they they yes, God is our friend. Yes. But they, they work on that friendship level in a way which is can be sometimes a bit on the...
2: Yeah,
1: like a buddy, too, too instead familiar. of yes. like our Creator. Well, there is a us. commandment
2: that says, don't take the Lord's name in vain, which means we should reverence Him in all ways. Yes, indeed. And in, not Including in his how name. we
1: behave. <coughs> yeah, loosely. Mm.
0: I'm going to read now Psalm 50. We're going to move on to a different part of the role of the family. Um, Psalm 50, and I'm going to read verses 10 to 12, and it says... For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Well, as our Father in heaven owns everything, all is his, what obligations does that put us, his children, under, Stephen?
2: Yeah, so that goes against what we think, you know, when we buy something, might buy or own a large property and we think it's ours but in in actual fact we are just stewards of everything we own aren't we Hmm. and in line with uh, Psalms chapter 24 verse 1 it says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof that means everything in it the world and they that dwell therein so he owns everything he owns all the property and it says here he owns all the people so as Being his property, we have a responsibility to live the way that the Lord requires. And um, that's important. So whatever we possess, no matter how hard or diligently or honestly we have worked for it, we should remember that it's only by God's grace that we have anything on his behalf. And we should give God honor and glory in everything we do on On that note, I believe. So we have to give praise to him, thank him for his goodness. And by understanding this, I think it more aligns with his will for your life. Yeah, this concept
0: of God owns everything. We are his stewards. We have some examples in the Bible of people who knew exactly this. Rosemary, tell us about King David. He's a good example, knowing that all belongs to God.
1: He is a very good example. King David wanted to build a house for God, a temple, um, where God could dwell among his people. He wanted to build it in Jerusalem. But God said, no, you are a man of war. You've got blood on your hands from war and I will not allow you to build the temple, even though it's in your heart. I will allow your son to build the temple and and David asked, "Please, let me at least do the plans <laughs> and, and and provide he some was of the keen things. To do he, he wanted to do something for God yeah. because he got, loved God so much. He wanted to do something towards this house that it was his desire, greatest wish and desire to create. So he, God allowed him to do that. David drew up the plans and he provided many of the things for it. He especially got precious stones in abundance. Marble, gold, silver, brass, iron and wood were some of the things that he gathered together without measure. It was, nothing was too too much for God. Um, and then when he got all these together, he, got, uh, he called the princes and, and things from around the nation to come to Jerusalem, where he was going to basically dedicate these things to God's service when his house was built. And uh, let's read 1st Chronicles 29 13 to 14 and we'll get an idea of the thoughts that David had. Now therefore this is part of a, a big prayer that he was saying. Now therefore our God we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you and of your own we have given you. So David was acknowledging everything belonged to God, even the things they were giving to God to put in his temple and to be used in beautifying the temple. It all belonged to God anyway. It wasn't even theirs in the first place. God created it. God owned it.
0: Yes. And that's a great example too. Mm. Now again, we are stewards of God's gifts and he gives us many gifts and resources. Stephen, What's the
2: most important gift he's given to us? That's a good point, isn't it? Uh, overlooked by many people, I believe. And to answer that, I'd like to go to First John five eleven, And it says there that, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. And the name of that son is Jesus Christ. How many overlook this most important gift? And the most Greatest, the greatest gift to his children is Jesus. Salvation is the foundational gift, um, which is eternal life alone. When we die, you know, the basis of whether we um, live eternal, eternally or we go to the resurrection of life or eternal death depends upon us gaining a relationship with, with Jesus. And um, we don't naturally have that because of the fall. Um, the Bible is basically a plea for us to accept Jesus as our Savior because of the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden. And I'd just like to go to also to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2. Paul, the Apostle Paul, recognized this and he wrote, for I determined not to know anything among you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. So this is the most important information for us to receive the greatest gift that God has ever given to m- mankind. Paul recognized that. And, and um, when we recognize that uh, what Luke said in Acts seven seventeen twenty eight that in Jesus we live and breathe and have our being, um, how important is it to just recognize that God is keeping us alive moment by moment to accept this most amazing gift? And
0: it is a gift. It, God is reaching out to us first. It's a gift. We, we can, and he's given
2: us free will. He won't force it upon us. Correct. If we don't want to live eternally with him, that's our choice. Well, mm. Let's talk about some
0: of the gifts. Brother, what are some of the other gifts that God gives to his children?
1: Well, apart from Jesus, who is, as Steve has pointed out, is the most important gift that God can give us. God also promises the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, Let's look at Luke 11 and verse 13. It says, this is Jesus speaking. If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God wants us to ask for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit being the third person of the Godhead. There's the father, son, Holy Spirit, the father wants us to ask for the help of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, it tells us in First Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 that God, that the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. He gives us abilities to use within the context of spreading the gospel and upbuilding the church. These gifts are not for personal gain. They're not for personal use in a selfish way. They are to be used for others. And they include things like healing, teaching, prophecy, hospitality, generosity. And then there's some to do with languages as well. Things like that. Miracles. um, Faith even can be a gift from the Holy Spirit in exceptional proportion in some people. Mm. So the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts as we submit to him.
0: Yeah. Now, God also gives us material gifts. Rosemary, I'm going to stay with you Mm -hmm. because I want to ask the question then, if he gives us spiritual gifts and material gifts, what is our responsibility to God? How do we... Okay. How do we re- relate to God? He gives us all these gifts. What's our responsibilities?
1: OK, let's have a look at Deuteronomy 6, 5. And it says, you sh-, this is Moses, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then also, if we go to um, read what Jesus said, Matthew twenty two thirty seven, 37. And Jesus said to him, a Pharisee, a teacher, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. It's the same teaching in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, the time of Moses, the time of Jesus. It doesn't change. We are to love God first, most supremely.
0: Yes, he, he's to be first in our life. Mm. So Stephen, we have all these gifts, they're given to us. What are some of the challenges um, for us when we as stewards? what have we got to be careful of here?
2: Well, the, the challenge as stewards of God's um, gifts is to use them for God's glory. You know The danger is that we can use them for our own glory, and many people do. For instance, mm. um, we all have I believe we've all given gifts both for work and for um, other things such as music, and the danger is. The challenge is we can use music to create a star from out of ourselves, uh, make lots of money, or we can use it for God's glory and sing beautiful Christian music to glorify God and to win people to his cause that is saving souls for his kingdom. And so we're all being given wealth, monetary um, benefits uh, that we can use to further his work. Um, We, God has asked us to pay a tithe, a faithful tithe and, and offerings, which is a tenth of our money, that we can further his work once again. So it shows that we're indebted to God. And when we do this, uh, offer back to him his, our tithes and offerings. We're showing that we believe that he has given us these. Yeah, we're showing, and also we're showing our faithfulness, to, faithfulness.
0: and recognising that he's the gift giver. Yes, Rosemary, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. We spoke about nothing's changed with we've got to love God with our heart, with all our heart and all our soul, our mind. How do we actually do that in practical terms?
1: Um, There's a very short answer for that. Go to Deuteronomy, chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, and it's a practical way that Moses mentioned. And now we're Israel, and it's including us who are believers in Christ. We are the Israel of God. What does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? This sounds like the verses I read before. And to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. The short answer is we show our love for God by obedience to his law.
0: Well, that's a very hot topic because many people today would say by being obedient and just keeping God's laws, you're being legalist. Mm. So Stephen, I am going to put it to you.
2: How would you answer that, that we're not being legalist? Well, I just read from Scripture in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 18. It says, oh, sorry, I'll start 17. Do not think. So he's saying here, not only don't say it, but he says, don't think that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I have not come, the I is speaking about Jesus, to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say to you, till heaven and earth shall pass away, not one jot or one tittle shall in no ways pass from the law of God till all be fulfilled. So the law has not changed. Um, Now, the keeping of the law cannot be done by someone who doesn't know God's love for us. That's why the um, gospel is very important. And And this is given in John chapter 14, verse 15. And Jesus gives us the condition whereby we can keep the law. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So when we recognize the gift of salvation that God has given us through Jesus Christ, then and only through a response through that gift can we keep the law of love. Okay.
0: Yeah, very good. I just want to follow that up, Stephen, with I want to read First John chapter 5 and verse 3. And it says, well, this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. So again, love of God, keeping his commandments. So Rosemary, is there another reason why being obedient to God is important?
1: Yes. Let's look at Psalm 119 verse 165. It says great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble or nothing offends them. It says in Isaiah fifty seven two one that the wicked don't have peace. But it says these those who obey God do have peace, because when we are obeying God we're obeying him because we love him, not because he's a tyrant, but because we love to obey God. Um, and it's really important because that's where our good works come from, from the obedience, because we love God. The good works flow through us, through the ho- from the Holy Spirit, through us to others. And that's where we show and demonstrate our love for God.
0: Indeed. Now, look, just to, I'm going to throw the last question to you, uh, Stephen. And this is um, in Matthew 6. It talks about laying up your treasure in heaven What does it mean to lay your treasure up in heaven?
2: Well, not to actively seek for treasure on earth. So your mindset is not to go out and and gain lots of money to be kept on earth because we're not going to live here that long. There's no safe place on earth where the Bible says rust takes away and rust destroys and thieves come to steal. But by doing works of God that are not going to give us much money, we're actually saving treasures in heaven.
1: Using that we money. will
2: receive in the resurrection.
1: Or using the money we do have for God's work.
0: Indeed. Well, that's all we've got time for. Thank you, Rosemary. Thank you, Stephen. Look, at how wonderful it is to think that the sovereign God of our universe is our heavenly Father. He loves us and requires that we call him Father. He provides for all our needs and we respond by obeying him and caring for all people who are our brothers and sisters. He blesses us with gifts and resources that we manage as his stewards. And we are all part of God's family. We owe him all that we are, we have and hope for. Thank you for joining us on Let God Speak. Remember all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website 3abnaustralia.org.au Email us on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au And join us again next time. And God bless.
2: You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 024973 3456 Or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.